What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, Join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. to the NBA Strategy Show. It is Friday, January 22nd. I am Josh Engelman. I am joined by Greg Ehrenberg. We are brought to you by No House Advantage. It's all good stuff right now. 11 games on the slate. Not going to lie, I wouldn't be mad if we lost one or two of them in the next hour, but can't be wishing for that sort of stuff. So let's just start here. Greg, how are you? Uh, well, if one of them does get canceled, I just hope it's not the Houston Rockets game because the easiest the easiest plug in they've had all season at, to this point to Marcus Cousins at center. Uh, a lot of injuries tonight. There's uh, a lot of players already ruled out. A lot of value. So I think we should just jump into it because we don't have a whole lot of time and a lot of games to talk about. We have so many games to talk about, and I agree. We do need to just dive right in. So first and foremost, as you get here, hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell so you know when everything goes live. We're going to touch on the schedule for the rest of the day. Uh, A little promo code for No House Advantage. We've got a promo going on for MMA. That UFC card down two fights now. That's not all that fun. Uh, Your boy's fight is off. I'm sure you saw that already. Uh, I didn't. That's uh, that's very upsetting to learn about. I did not think about. There was so much basketball to prep for today. I did not look at any UFC stuff in the in the weigh-ins. We lost two fights, including these. The fight that you mentioned yesterday. Uh, not, uh, I'm going to like get his first name and second uh, and his last name like, mushed together. Uh, no, Nasrat. Oh, Nasrat Hakparast. Yes, um, I was ready to put all of those syllables <laughs> together into one big word doesn't flow out of my mouth as much as I would like it to. But again, we have 11 games. We need to dive right in. We're going to touch on every single one of them. So buckle up, everybody. Here we go. Chicago at the Charlotte Hornets. Hornets are three and a half point favorites at home, 225 total. Uh, For Chicago, we're not going to have Wendell Carter Jr. today, but we are going to have Cody Zeller on the opposite side, which is at least a little bit interesting. Otto Porter, a little bit chalky on FanDuel. Not sure I see that one. Uh, in on DraftKings, the only guy in double digits in ownership. Uh, guys that I like, I'm happy to get Levine, Kobe White. But I really like Daniel Gafford today. I'm going to assume he picks up sort of like a normal rotation, maybe somewhere around 24 minutes. What stands out most of you from the Bulls? 
Yeah, so, I mean, Otto Porter, I'm still going to get some exposure to him. I, I don't think there's one player, though, that's going to overall benefit from Wendell Carter being out in a massive way. I think there's going to be a bunch of guys they give minutes to. I think that Otto Porter is going to play a couple extra minutes. And also keep in mind that before we saw Otto Porter starting and play extended minutes, that was when everybody was out for the Bulls due to COVID and other injuries and whatnot. So a little bit different of a situation now for Otto Porter versus when he was, you know, a chocolate actually did fairly well. So I think Otto Porter is going to get extra minutes. Patrick Williams is going to Daniel Gafford's going to Thad Young is going to pick up some extra minutes in the front court. So I'm not sure there's any one guy where it's like, Oh, I definitely think this guy makes for a great value play. Um, I, I think that Gafford probably makes the most sense, but if he comes off the bench, I don't feel very comfortable about projecting him for a decent amount of minutes. So this would have to be with Daniel Gafford starting. My, my assumption is that he starts. It just seems easier, especially now that Zeller is back. If Zeller is starting, I think it's easier to just go to Gafford in that spot. Um, I did give a little bump in minutes to Markinen. After that, it, like you know, it could go to Thad Young, it could go to Porter, it could go to Patrick Williams. They have a lot of different options that could be the guy that soaks up three or four more minutes, and that's kind of the part that scares me. But if Gafford is starting, I like him. If he's not starting, I don't find it all that interesting on an eleven game slate. There are easier places to go. Anybody that you just see as like a no brainer play from the Bulls? No, no, not at all. Especially not on this slate because we have so many strong plays. That I mean, there's a lot of spots, and then also talking about the Hornets. Like, I don't have exposure really to anybody from the Hornets on my initial run of, of uh, lineups that I made. So, overall, a game that doesn't really have all that much interest. The guy that I could see myself rostering the most, or really at all from this game, it would have to be Daniel Gafford if he's starting, because that would at least profile him as, as a good value play. Uh, but the Hornets have nothing like that, especially with Cody Zeller coming back. On the Charlotte side, uh, LaMelo Ball is at 11% ownership on FanDuel. Devontae Graham is at 12% on DraftKings. No one else in double digits. Uh, I think Terry Rozier at low ownership is is worth a flyer. He's only 3% owned on FanDuel. Um, Maybe a little bit of Devontae Graham on FanDuel at 6,700. But for the most part, I don't get the sense that Bulls-Hornets is a game I'm going to have a lot of. No, and then talking about LaMelo Ball and, and his ownership, it seems like, I mean, people really like LaMelo Ball. People just want to roster him whenever they get the chance to. But, I mean, look at his last three games in the playing time, 25 minutes, 26 minutes, 23 minutes. For somebody who's ex- as expensive as he is, that is not enough playing time for me to really want to get there at, at a number that actually matters. I uh, I have LaMelo project for 24 minutes today, which I think is fair given what he's done recently. I would like to see him start and play more minutes, but it seems like the Hornets don't have those plans right now. Eventually he's going to start and become somebody who I view a lot more highly at his current price point. But given his role right now, it's, it's hard for me to get there given the limited minutes. Keep it moving unless you have anything else for Bulls Hornets. Nope, not at all. Actually, let's do this. Favorite okay. play on FanDuel and DraftKings from this game. Uh, it'll be Gafford if he starts. Okay. I am fine with the Gafford call if he starts. Houston at Detroit. This is where we're going to have to just, well, this should be pretty easy, oddly enough. (laughs) Uh, Houston at Detroit, Pistons slight favorites, 221 total. DeMarcus Cousins is 4,500 on FanDuel, 4,400 on DraftKings, and might end up being the chalkiest play of the year given that this is an 11-game slate and we have him projected for about 80% ownership. Do you have anything to add about DeMarcus Cousins today? Do you have any issues with the ownership? Is this a place that you actually want to get away from for any particular reason, or is this just a no-brainer lock-em-in play? 
He is going to be in 100% of my lineups on FanDuel, 100% of my lineups on DraftKings, unless something drastically changes from now until lock. I could say with a pretty good deal of confidence he's going to be in all my lineups as long as that game doesn't get canceled due to COVID. Yeah, I, I don't see any reason to see him anywhere else. I mean, he was the number one contender, and it would have been like removing the next nine guys. They're just they're on very, very different levels. What is your expectation for Cousins' minutes? Uh, so we saw him start a game, uh, was it like two weeks ago? And he played uh, 24 minutes in that game. Uh, so I, I think that it's, I, I can't expect him to play, you know, like 35 minutes or anything like that. But a couple of things. First of all, even if he plays the 24 minutes again, he probably crushes at his price point. I think he's going to play a little bit more than the 24 minutes. I have him for 26 right now. And it, it almost doesn't matter because no matter what amount of minutes I give him, he ends up in all my lineups. Yep. I have him in at 26 and he was the optimal center in like 60% of stuff. It's a no brainer smash. So what else do you want to do with Houston? Because I've got my eye on Jay Sean Tate. Uh, PJ Tucker looks fine. Um, you know, I'm happy to get to a little bit of Eric Gordon. $8,500 Victor Oladipo on FanDuel is probably a little bit more expensive than I'm looking for, but still looks okay. I'm just, I'm really going to like this starting five for Houston. There's just so much usage and uh, so much playing time to go around. So I don't think I'm going to be getting to P.J. Tucker much, or if at all. I like Jay Sean Tate. I like Eric Gordon. I like Victor Oladipo, though. So Oladipo, if you look at what his role has been with Houston, and also it's a little hard to know, right, because we've seen Oladipo there for two games to this point. His usage rate in those games against the Bulls, 42.4%, against the Suns, 36.7%. And now we're removing Christian Wood from the starting lineup. I understand DeMarcus Cousins is coming in. That's about comparable in terms of, uh, somebody coming in as a high usage rate guy, but still uh, cousins. We don't think he's going to play these sound, the same amount of minutes that Christian Wood did. So old is going to be playing minutes without him on the court. And it just seems like from what we've seen before, he's going to be taking almost every single shot. So considering the role that he's played, I, I don't think the price tag is really an issue for me. Um, I was a little concerned about old Depot's role when he first came to the Rockets and then he had a 42.4% usage rating in the first game. I was like, all right, he's going to be fine from a fantasy standpoint going forward. Oh, man, I don't know what to do with Oladipo's usage. I gave him like just north of 30, but I think that's probably still low. Um, Something I'm going to have to dig into a little bit because we just really don't know right now. On the Pistons side, uh, Jeremy Grant in double digits in ownership on FanDuel. No one else even close. On DK, though, Grant, Mason Plumlee, Derek Rose and Josh Jackson all in double digits. I really like Mason Plumlee today. Um, Cousins, terrible defensively. Not that Christian Wood wouldn't have been also terrible defensively, but I like this spot for Mason Plumlee. I'll certainly keep getting to Jeremy Grant given his current usage. And I kind of like Blake Griffin for 6,200 on DK, um, at least more so than the current public ownership. How are you feeling about the Pistons? All right, so here's the deal with Mason Plumlee. I'm not going to be getting to, at least on FanDuel, I'm only rostering one center today. So Mason Plumlee, not going to be in my player pool. Any, basically, any other center who isn't to Marcus Cousins, I don't have interest in. Uh, from a DraftKings perspective, I'm going to also have Cousins on my lineups, which opens up just one other spot for centers. So it's not to say that I think that Plumlee, from just a points-per-dollar perspective, is a bad play or anything. It's just I'm going to Cousins in all my lineups. So that's going to make it so that I don't really get to Mason Plumlee all that much. He's in some of my lineups in my initial build, but – uh, it's just not somebody that I could get to a whole ton given the Cousins' ownership. Uh, Jeremy Grant, on the other hand, is somebody that I'm going to like a whole lot for this late, especially when yeah. considering the amount of exposure that I'm going to be getting to the Rocket side. 
I just always think it makes sense to try to run that back where, where I can with some guys from the other side of the game. And Jeremy Grant has been ridiculously good this year, like to a, to a point that doesn't even make sense when they signed him in the off season. And I was making fun of the sound clips that were coming out of the team. Like Jeremy Grant's one of the best shooters in the NBA. I was like, okay, that's a very odd way to evaluate Jeremy Grant. And now we're, and now we're a few weeks into the season and he's one of the leading scorers in the NBA. He's averaging like 25 points per game and he's been ridiculously good as the number one option. Uh, so yeah, Jeremy Grant, I think I, it would have seemed crazy to roster him at this price point three weeks ago, but he's justified it now. I never expected him to be able to manage this and he is doing that in spades. I wonder if the Nuggets are regretting it just a little bit. Um, probably not the money, but maybe the potential for an increased role at the very least, although it is the Pistons. Maybe he's just uh, the best of a bad situation. Favorite play on FanDuel and DraftKings in this game. Good luck figuring this one out. Do I, do I have to answer? There's, there's one guy in this game, DeMarcus Cousins, who's going to be in 100% of my lineups. There's not going to be some other players in 110% of my lineups. Yeah, uh, it's obviously DeMarcus Cousins. Don't think twice. I mean, to me, there's like – there's nothing that could happen on this slate that would make him not the best play other than him being ruled out. <laughs> yeah, at least not going into the slate. I mean, now now cue up him getting a, a Draymond Green-esque ejection where he's yelling to Victor Oladipo on the court. And the ref's like, whoa, you're talking to me? And just throws him out of the game. To be fair, he could just get a DeMarcus Cousins-like ejection and get the gate as well. Uh, I think yeah. he's been tossed twice this year already. Yeah, just throws the water cooler at the ref. By the way, he got ejected from a game last year. He didn't play. He didn't play at all last season. He got more ejections yeah. than games played. God, it's insanity. Orlando Magic at the Indiana Pacers. Pacers slight favorites, two eighteen total for the Magic. Looks like Michael Carter Williams could be back. Not entirely sure that's going to matter all that much for the rotation on the Indy side. Um, Jeremy Lamb is back. Miles Turner is a giant question mark we don't know what's going on he was warming up a little bit had a pad on his hand he's got like a weird break in his hand it doesn't appear to be much of a problem I think he wants to be back so right now I have him in on the Orlando side it's Aaron Gordon at 15% ownership on Fandle and no one else above four on the DK side it's Vooch at 17.7% ownership nobody else above eight I don't get the sense that I'm going to have much, if anything, from Orlando. Aaron Gordon, my favorite play on FanDuel, but if the ownership's already there, I'm not wild about it. And on DK, I don't really see anybody as all that interesting. Anybody that you want to get from Orlando? Um, I think that Aaron Gordon still is somewhat interesting on FanDuel. He's somebody who's at least going to be in my player pool. Not to the point, though, where I'm going to end up being overweight to the field on him. I think he is 12%. I have him on my initial run of lineup. So somebody will probably end up being in there, but not in a way that it's going to matter to my lineups if he does well or not. Um, other guys from the Magic that I was getting to, Vucevic on DraftKings. Uh, outside of Cousins, he, he actually is my second favorite center play on the slate. Uh, Vucevic at 8,900. It's it's too cheap for a price for him. He should be somewhere in the mid-9K range. There's a little bit of a discount there. And he's been playing really well lately. And it's odd that DraftKings just kind of nerfed his price. Uh, he he scored, it was 69 fantasy points against the Nets. And then the next slate, they've lowered his price by $900. So yeah. I make, make of that what you will. It's just a weird pricing to me. Uh, Vucevic with the price wrong makes sense on DK. FanDuel, no, because he's not the Marcus Cousins. DK is tricky though, because, um, you know, obviously cousins is going to be in such a large amount. Vooch only center eligible cousins, only center eligible, quite a few guys today, only center eligible. So getting that 
center only guy, correct, that isn't Cousins is going to be very important today. If you need a second one, which I'm assuming that you will. Yeah, so in my in my first run of lineups, my second center guy behind Cousins was Vucevic most frequently. Okay. On the Indiana side, uh, Sabonis on FanDuel at 9,300 looks fantastic. You know, having to roster two power forwards makes it pretty easy. So he is picking up quite a bit of ownership. I think that is largely deserved. Sabonis and Brogdon, the only guys in double digits on DK. I don't really want to get to anything else from Indiana. Brogdon is 8,500. That doesn't really appeal to me all that much on FanDuel. Uh, If Turner is in, he's expensive. 6,900 on DK is okay, but still... There's a never-ending supply of centers. This is a game that ranks pretty low on my list of DFS hotbeds. I like Sabonis, uh, especially on FanDuel. I know you said that also, but in the first run of lineups I did for FanDuel, Sabonis was coming out as my most rostered power forward. And it's if, if Turner is out or limited, that's only going to benefit Sabonis. Uh, as, as well as both of them have played this year, it's still a little bit of a wonky fit with them together on the court at the same time. They're figuring out more now from a fantasy perspective, uh, mostly because Turner blocks like six shots per game, which kind of kind of helps his his fantasy output and doesn't take away from Sabonis on offense. But then on offense, we're seeing Sabonis as the primary facilitator, uh, also benefiting from Victor Oladipo not being there. He gets a pretty big usage bump without Oladipo on the court, and the price is not adjusted for that yet. So Oladipo, definitely somebody who I think makes a whole lot of sense on FanDuel. Uh, okay play on DK, but much stronger on FanDuel. Same page there. By the way, breaking news, Alex Len has agreed to a one-year deal with the Washington Wizards. Wow, that makes him, what, their third best player now? Probably. Sorry, shit my money. I know you're not <laughs> listening, so it won't matter. <laughs> There's no chance. No chance whatsoever. Um, favorite play on FanDuel and DraftKings from this game? Uh, Sabonis on FanDuel and uh, Vucevic on DraftKings. Give me Sabonis on FanDuel. It is Vucevic on uh, DraftKings. I thought it was going to be Brogdon, but he's just a little bit behind him for me. So there we go. Same page. No surprises there. Uh, You and I have been running in lockstep as of late. Lots going on on the schedule today. So coming up immediately after this, 11 a.m. Eastern time, Lafayette, Alex, and DeColt, Steve Buzzard, NFL lineup building show. They'll be going for about an hour. 3.40 Eastern time, NHL strategy show, Jake Hari, Josh Harris, breaking down the game on the ice. 4.45 Eastern time, Alex and Adam, the NBA deeper dive. 6 p.m. Eastern time, NBA live before lock, Spags and Team McBee. We've got a loaded schedule um, is it official official that there's even more to the schedule? No, no, no. The other, the other thing is it, it's, it's on my schedule, but not on everybody else's schedule. Okay. Um, just making sure. So never mind. Surprises to come in the future. People keep your eyes peeled for that sort of stuff. Let's get back into breaking these games down next up Brooklyn at Cleveland Cavaliers running it back. Cavs, nine and a half point dogs at home, 228 total. And we learned just before this show started, Kevin Durant is questionable. And that makes me assume that Kevin Durant is not playing today. But for right now, I have him in. And if he's in, I don't really have interest in anything from Brooklyn. Um, If he's out, I probably have more interest in stuff from Brooklyn. So talk to me a little bit about these nets. Yeah, so, I mean, if we look at what happened last game, 
I was not on any of the Nets players and a bunch of them had good games. Uh, and I thought it made sense to not be on them because it's like, hey, we've got Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and James Harden all there to share the ball. Therefore, it's going to cut into their usage. And instead, the game went to double overtime. It didn't matter what anybody's usage was because they all played like 50 minutes. And even though Durant went off and had a really big game, 23.5% usage rating, easily his lowest of the season. He had been over 30% in just about every game so far this year. So I think a lot of people will look at what the, the results were from the, from that game and think like, oh, Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving are all fine from a fantasy standpoint. Look at all the fantasy points that Kevin Durant racked up. Even though he had 77 fantasy points, I didn't really come away encouraged about his prospects from a fantasy yeah. standpoint going forward because most of the games I play in are not going to go to double overtime. He isn't going to get 50 minutes in a lot of those games. So when all these guys are in, which isn't going to happen every night, I'm probably not going to get exposure to them until the prices go down and reflect what the roles are going to be. Now, with that said, Durant is questionable to play, but literally happened, I want to say, 90 seconds before we jumped into before we jumped into the show. So I assumed that Durant was in at that point, and I didn't have time to see what everything would look like for me if he was not in for them. Assuming he's out, I'm probably going to like James Harden and Kyrie Irving. I'm just not positive about that because I didn't really have enough time to really make adjustments for what it would look like without Durant being in there. Uh, James Harden on FanDuel in particular is what I think is going to stand out to me the most though. Yeah. If, if KD is out, it makes Harden and Kyrie viable. Kyrie 9,200 on FanDuel, 9K on DraftKings. The usage then stops being an issue. Um, you expect Kyrie and Harden to just get relatively close to their normal usage. And there's enough value on the slate that it's going to be easy to pay up for whoever you need. If if Durant plays though, like the idea of paying 10-7 for Kevin Durant on DraftKings is impossible to me if they're all in. So we'll probably have to talk about this a little bit later once we get actual words from Durant. Is there any chance you get to anything else from Brooklyn? Um, I don't think so. Um, I, I, I There's going to be other guys that probably I'll have to, we'll have to give extra, well, obviously there's going to be other guys we have to give extra minutes to if Durant is out, but there's going to be better value plays elsewhere. And I still think so much of the usage is going to go to James Harden and Kyrie Irving. And don't forget too, that this was a team that they just had Durant active for a little bit. So a lot of those other guys are priced up. It's not like we're getting Timothy Luau Cabro the, at the bare minimum or any of those guys like Bruce Brown. He was at the bare minimum because these guys have already seen a little bit of a price in, increase from when they played an extended role when Durant was the only star on the team. So, I mean, maybe there'll be guys who end up being viable for me, depending if Durant is out and then who starts, but I don't think that's going to be the case. I think it's probably just going to be Kyrie and Harden. No idea if Darius Garland is going to play it tonight. He is questionable, but I have him in. Apparently he is pretty close to getting back, but the guy that I want to talk about, Colin Sexton, 7,500 on FanDuel, 7,300 on DraftKings, and essentially unowned. I know it was an incredibly fortunate performance getting an additional 10 minutes of double OT, but... I would like to get to Colin Sexton in this spot. The Brooklyn backcourt, terrible defensively. Uh, Not all that great in the frontcourt either. Um, This is a really nice spot for Sexton, and he's picking up no ownership. Two and a half on FanDuel, 2.2 on DK. This is a guy that I would like to get to in a large field GPP that I think could pay off his salary. How do you feel about Sexton or the rest of the Cleveland Cavaliers? All right, so at least in the frontcourt, I think it's very easy to avoid those guys. Jared Allen and Andre Drummond, time split last game. I think Jared Allen actually, I think ended up playing like one more minute because of the overtime situations. Uh, but I mean, they, they just went, they just went down the middle and they're like, it's Drummond's turn. It's Allen's turn. They just went back and forth getting rotations until one of them is traded. 
potentially Andre Drummond for like a bag of potato chips. He got traded for nothing last year. So people were like, oh, what assets are they going to get for Andre Drummond? They gave yeah. up like a, a, like a protected second round pick to trade for him last year. He is no value. Uh, but at a certain point, I think they're probably going to trade Drummond and I think they're going to move forward with Jared Allen as their center. But until that happens, I mean, these are guys, I just think I have 24 minutes for Drummond, 24 minutes for Jared Allen tonight, and that's going to make it impossible to roster either of them. Uh, as for the Sexton-Garland situation, I hear what you're saying uh, with nobody rostering Sexton, but still his price is up. And if Garland plays, I think that's going to have to cut into Sexton's usage a little bit. Another thing that is at least moderately concerning, he missed a bunch of time with an injury. Even with the double overtime, only ended up playing 38 minutes last game. And I know that's weird to say only 38 minutes, but they were somewhat conservative with his minutes until it got to overtime. I'm guessing they won't be now. Like I gave him 36 for this game. Uh, if he could play 38 in the double OT, I assume he gets back to his normal run. He was playing 37 minutes a game prior to the injury. If he can come back and play 38, even in double OT, I'm happy to go to 36 on Sexton. And again, like it's not, you know, he's a 10% guy to me, but if he's 2% owned that, that's a spot where I feel like I could be a little bit different. He's going underrepresented. And that's, I even have Garland in Sexton generally like a 0.95 fantasy point per minute guy. That's exactly where I have him. And I think a little bit of a boost from bad defense. So sign me up for Sexton, but that's pretty much it. Uh, you know, Larry Nance. Sure. Isaac Okoro. Sure. These are 5% dudes. Nothing crazy here. Yeah. Nobody, nobody that I'm going to recommend from the, from the rest of this roster. Favorite play on FanDuel and DK. I almost want to punt on this and say, like, let's wait to see what happens with Kevin Durant. But I'm going to assume that Kevin Durant is out, and I'm going to say that it's James Harden on both FanDuel and DraftKings. I'm going to say that it is Colin Sexton on FanDuel and Kyrie Irving on DraftKings. Okay. A little I, don't, I don't mind. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't mind it being Kyrie Irving. I still think it's going to be James Harden as the guy. The fit, the fit with Kyrie and James Harden is way wonkier than the fit with Kevin Durant and James Harden. Yeah. Uh, oh it's, my god, it's it's, like, it's 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 so bizarre. I don't. I really don't know what to make of it. And I'm I'm interested to see though. Have to assume that they're staggered and that they're on the floor together very minimally, besides the beginning of the game and the closing stretch of the game. There's no value in having both of those guys out there at the same time. That's they're going to get roasted. I mean, they might just try to outscore everybody and turn this into a 140, 138, but defense will be a real problem. I'd be cool with that. And by the way, to lend a little bit more credence to that is that, you know, Steve Nash with Mike D'Antoni is one of his assistant coaches. We saw Nash do that forever with James Harden and Chris Paul in Houston. So yeah. I think it's reasonable to think that they, they employ the same strategy. Next one up, Boston Celtics at the Philadelphia 76ers. Sixers favorites, 221 total. Boston still without Jason Tatum. I love Jason Brown. Yeah, Jason Brown. Jalen Brown today, uh, picking up a little bit of ownership on FanDuel, but 7,600 to fill that small forward spot I think looks great. I'm happy to get to Marcus Smart at 6,200 on FanDuel as well. Tristan Thompson for 4,500 on DK is possible. I don't really want to get to Kemba, but 6,300 on FanDuel, 6,500 on DraftKings. Should see a minutes bump somewhere in the 25 to 28 range. What are you doing with Boston today? So right now, uh, Jalen Brown in my initial run is one of my highest uh, owned small forwards on FanDuel. So definitely some of them are going to like. It's weird how much his price has gone down. Uh, I know that he hasn't been quite as good in recent games, but I mean, we're talking about a guy who is scoring around 50 fantasy points per game. And then the last three games, a little bit of shooting regression, 32, 37, 36. So 
even those scores at his current price point, it's not like it's a total disaster. And that's with him not shooting efficiently from the field. So Jalen Brown, the price a little bit too cheap on FanDuel with, with Jason Tatum out. He's been overall very good this year, arguably better than Jason Tatum so far this season. I'd rather have Tatum long-term, but at least this year, Brown's been the better player. As for Kemba Walker, I'm not quite sure what to make of him. He has popped up in a decent amount of my initial build lineups. Here's the positives and the negatives. Uh, first, the positives. He has his minutes restriction increased from, uh, he was playing like 22 minutes, and now he's going to 25 to 28 minutes per game. So those, those few extra minutes, that's going to help him a lot. The price is down. The usage in his first two games of the season, 41% and 36%. The downside to his first couple of games of the season is that he's been absolutely awful and hasn't been able to make any of the shots he's taken. Uh, but it's very encouraging to see the amount of usage that he's gotten. And considering that Jason Tatum's still out, I have to think that Kemba's going to keep shooting the ball a lot. Uh, it's just a matter of, is he going to start to be more efficient and is he going to be deterred at all from the his inability to make shots in the, in the first couple of games? So what do you make of his usage so far? I mean, it's only two games, so it's a small sample size, but it's, it's a ridiculously... Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. High usage rate. It is. I'm, I'm surprised to see it. Um... I mean, obviously, I don't expect it to continue. So, like, I have him projected relatively neutrally. Uh, be interesting to see in the next couple of games if it maintains, it, or at least maintains, like, slightly higher than normal. That would be, I think it all comes out in the wash in the end. I don't think it'll matter all that much today. Anything else from Boston? Uh, no. Uh, the the players, um, like I said, it's mostly the players I'm drawing interest. It's Kemba Walker and Jalen Brown. And before we get to Philly, guys, hit that like button. We're only at 88 likes, not nearly enough. Need to be well north of 100. And now we get to Philly. So Ben Simmons is 8K on FanDuel. He's the first guy that stands out to me and the only guy that stands out to me from the Sixers on the the FanDuel side. I still like Ben Simmons for 8,400 on the DK side. Be a little bit more likely to get to Joel Embiid since you can roster more than one center. But uh, this seems like a pretty tough time to grab Sixers now that they're essentially at full strength. Seth, Seth Curry to return today. Yeah, nobody I'm really getting uh, much exposure to from Philly. Some exposure to Ben Simmons on FanDuel. Nobody really on DraftKings. I think this is one of the least interesting teams to target. And then even though Ben Simmons is coming out as a decent play for me on FanDuel, one concern that I have here is in the past, the Celtics have always defended him very well. It's a team he's always struggled against. And I usually don't put a whole lot of stock into how a player performs against an individual team. But it's a pretty large sample size. Now, we've seen him struggle in the playoffs against the Celtics. We've seen him struggle in the regular season against the Celtics. I think that they have a pretty good game plan. 
on how to stop uh, Ben Simmons just by kind of clogging the paint, and then he can't do anything outside outside of there on offense. So Simmons, I'll have some exposure to him on FanDuel, but I'm going to roll him back a little bit just because of how much he struggled against Boston over the years. Breaking news again, not NBA-related. Rest in peace, Hank Aaron passed away earlier today. Oh, Josh, coming with the come with the heavy hitting the heavy hitting news that is not related to the NBA slate at all today. Heavy hitting, pun intended for that one, Hank Aaron. Yeah, that's a, that one's a bummer, but I don't have anything else to add to it. We'll touch on that one on a baseball show in two months. Uh, this game stinks from a fantasy perspective, particularly on the Philly side. So hit me with your favorite play from FanDuel and favorite play from DraftKings. Uh, my favorite play from FanDuel is Jalen Brown. My favorite play on DraftKings is Kemba Walker. Jalen Brown for me on FanDuel. Marcus Smart on DraftKings. Interesting. Didn't see that one coming. Didn't see neither, that one neither did I. I'll be honest with you. It's it's pretty much a gross mess of everybody on DK. So that could have just as easily been Simmons, Tristan Thompson, Jalen Brown. It's, it's all gross. It's all truly gross. Uh, hit that like button again, guys. Lazy with a thumbs up. Only 113. That was not nearly enough of what I was looking for on my last run. So we're going to talk a little bit about No House Advantage. They are the presenting sponsor of the NBA Strategy Show. You're not doing your normal, these guys are going to score X amount of fantasy points stuff. We're talking player props. You are drafting player props, and you're ranking them based on your preference. So the player prop that you like the most, you're going to give, in this case, eight points for today's slate. So I'm looking right now. James Harden has a prop, 31 and a half points tonight. I am going to very aggressively like the under on that one if Kevin Durant uh, happens to be on the floor. But if you like, if I like the under so much, I could put Kevin, I could put James Harden as my top prop, eight points if it wins. I got to pick one for seven points, six, five, four, three, two, one. You're trying to accumulate as many points as you can get. You're trying to get all of your props right, basically. It's a very different mechanism than what you see normally in fantasy. And we can help you out a little bit. Use the promo code AWESOMO when you sign up at No House Advantage. You can get up to $20 in a free play or, well, not or, and you can refer a friend, get yourself five more after their first deposit. Beat your friends, not the house, win big with player props today. You can download the app in the app store, go to the website, nohouseadvantage.com. Either way, you could look into this stuff. I really like it. I like player props. I have everything set up in my model to compare my projections to the projections at Noah's House Advantage. We have a prop tool as well. Keep your eyes peeled for that one. That should help you out a little bit for No House Advantage. Love having them as a sponsor. And uh, they've got $2,000 guaranteed, $1,000 up top today. Keep your eyes peeled. It might, might be a little bit of overlay. Best way to build your bankroll. So go check out No House Advantage. And we keep it moving. We are just past the halfway point now, getting to Miami at Toronto. Uh, Raptors, slight favorites at home, 220 total. A lot of these games are basically just three or four point lines, 220 totals, clear across the board. For Miami, uh, the big piece here, Tyler Hero, questionable. Jimmy Butler still out. As of right now, I have Tyler Hero in, so that is dictating my decisions. Guy I like the most coming out of Miami, definitely Bam Adebayo, 8,800 on FanDuel, 8,600 on DK. I think he is the best play coming from Miami. If Tyler Hero is in, I think 6,100 for him on FanDuel is a really nice price tag. 7,100 on DraftKings, a little bit tougher to swallow. What are you doing with the Miami Heat? 
And if Tyler Hero is out, we've we've Goran Drogic fifty two hundred on FanDuel, six thousand on DraftKings. That would make him a strong play on both sides. FanDuel in particular, fifty two hundred for Goran Drogic. If Tyler Hero is out, he started last game in place of Hero. Wasn't really his best game, but still, I mean, if you look at the final results for him, if if the floor for him is going to be scoring twenty seven fantasy points in a really bad game at a fifty two hundred price tag, then I I don't really think you can go wrong with him. So. Goran Dragic, definitely somebody that I think warrants a whole bunch of exposure if Tyler Hero's out. Even if Hero plays, I'm going to have some exposure to Dragic on FanDuel, but he becomes my top overall point guard play if Hero is not in. Oh, I agree. Chat's like, none, none. Yeah, I will have none if Tyler Hero plays, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, that is, uh, let's see, what is none? He's 6,200 on FanDuel. I don't even know if I like him if Hero is out. He's 5,400 on DraftKings. That's viable. Yeah, and that also is very much predicated on uh, on Tyler Hero being out. So the last couple of games, yeah, he scored 34 and 47 fantasy points. Uh, he also shot 8 of 15 from the field and 9 of 12 from the field. So somebody who was not overly efficient last year, that's going to regress a little bit. If Tyler Hero plays, it's impossible to play Kendrick, not at that price point, in yep. my opinion. Totally agree. Toronto side, I really don't have much to add here. Siakam, Boucher, Van Vliet, OG Ananobi, Kyle Lowry, they're all guys that I'll have like 10% of something in that neighborhood. If they're not owned, great. If they are owned, then I'll probably be with the field. Um, Some of these guys picking up about 10% ownership, Van Vliet and Lowry on FanDuel, Siakam on DraftKings. Is there anything interesting to you from Toronto? Well, Siakam's hurt. He's questionable to play. So he he, uh, he had a pretty bad fall last game. He's dealing with a groin injury. If he's out, then I think that there's a whole lot that's interesting here. I kind of tend to think that he's more likely to not play than play. Uh, But I think basically all of these guys then do become pretty decent plays without Siakam. Siakam plays such a big role in the offense. We could probably count on Chris Boucher starting and playing big minutes. I know it seems like they're doing everything in their power to not start him, at least in the first half. They start him in the second half of a bunch of games, which is weird, but... He, I think he has to start if Siakam's out. He would be the primary target for me there. Uh, Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Fleet, also guys that would be getting to on both sites. Um, so, yeah, I think I think if Siakam's out, then Raptors are actually going to be a team I target a decent amount. Stanley Johnson season if he's out? No. <laughs> Had to ask. They like him. He's been playing. You know, he probably plays north of 20 minutes if he's out. 3,500 on FanDuel, 3,100 on DK. If, if, he ends up, if he ends up starting, then yes, he's interesting. Uh, Stanley Johnson this year, who his, uh, let's see, overall this season, playing uh, 14 and a half minutes per game, averaging 11 fantasy points. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, if he starts and then I could end up expecting, you know, like 26 minutes out of him, then I would like him. Uh, but off the bench, I feel like there's going to be better value plays. I'll, I'll, I'll roll back my dismissive no a little bit. If Siakam's out, then I think there's a chance I'll have a minimum, a minimal amount of exposure to uh, to Stanley Johnson, but not someone I'm gonna be like, oh yeah, I have to rest or Stanley Johnson tonight, unless he ends up starting. Do you think they would start Powell or Stanley Johnson? I think they'd start Chris Boucher. You think they would start Chris Boucher alongside Aaron Baines? Yes, I think that okay. I think that is what they would do. I think. Oh, man. I don't know. I think we might see Chris Boucher start in that scenario, and then someone is replacing Siakam's spot. That is also possible. But, yeah, I mean, it just makes the most sense. If they're missing Siakam, 
who is probably either their second or third best player. Let's let's say third because he's been a little bit underwhelming this year. I mean, Chris Boucher has been the fourth best player on the team. I think you just try to get Boucher then as many extra minutes as possible. Although that's kind of counterintuitive to what they've done this year, where it seems like they do whatever they can to not play Chris Boucher big minutes at times. Uh, but I would think that Chris Boucher ends up starting. Favorite play on FanDuel, favorite play on DraftKings for this game? Uh, from This is hard. I mean, we, we have two of the key players from this game, Tyler Hero and Pascal Siakam, both questionable. Um, I'm going to punt on this just because I feel like I'm going to give out an answer that's going to be different later in the day. My answer is Bam Adebayo on both sides. Okay. Atlanta Hawks, Minnesota Timberwolves. There will not be a single defensive possession to be found in this one. Hawks favorites by a couple points in Minnesota. Um, I hope Cam Reddish plays. I have him in right now. Everybody else that has been out is out for Atlanta. The Minnesota side's sort of the same deal. No Juancho Hernan Gomez, no Cat, no Ricky Rubio. Um, so on the Atlanta side, I like most of their starters. Capella, Trey Young, John Collins, uh, Hunter, Reddish if he plays. I'm happy to get to any of those five guys. I think Capella looks like the best one on DK at 8,300. 9,200 on FanDuel is just going to be tough given the amount of value that exists. So it'll be easier to pay up 9,900 for Trey Young, who's projected for 2.7% ownership on FanDuel. No one on DraftKings for the Hawks, north of 7%. They're taking on the Minnesota Timberwolves, and they stink what are you doing with the Hawks? Yeah, so DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish, both questionable to play. If they are out, I'll tell you one player I will not be rostering is uh, Brandon Goodwin, who I rostered a little bit the other night. And, oh, did that not go well? Because Brandon Goodwin, at least to try to defend a little bit, and by the way, just an awful, awful call by me, to try to defend it a little <laughs> bit. The, the, the game before, he played 19 minutes, and that was with Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter in. So then those guys were out. I have to go, Brandon Goodwin, he has to play more minutes now, right? And he's like min-priced on DraftKings. That seems sensible to me. Instead, he goes from playing 19 minutes to 11 minutes. He scored zero fantasy points in his time on the court. He did pick up one personal foul. That was the big highlight of his box score, some missed shots also. Uh, so Brandon Goodwin, I assumed he was going to have to play minutes with DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish out, but uh, shame on me because that was apparently not the case. So I can tell you who I'm not rostering tight, and it is Brandon Goodwin. Um, one thing we did see that was pretty interesting without Hunter and Reddish in there is there was a lot more minutes to go to Clint Capella and John Collins. The two of them have had decent minutes this year, except not necessarily what I would have expected coming into the year. And then last year, last year, last game with both of them out, and that game did go to overtime, but still 43 and a half minutes for John Collins. Clint Capella ended up playing, um, it was uh, 39 minutes for him. So in a weird way, it was the big men that ended up playing extra minutes and not guard minutes to go around. They just played more big lineups. So I think that John Collins and Clint Capella are the two guys who would stand to benefit the most if DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish are out. Clint Capella, not someone I'm going to roster on FanDuel because he's not DeMarcus Cousins. I would have some interest in him on DraftKings. John Collins, somebody who I would like uh, a lot of power forward on, on FanDuel if, if Hunter and Reddish are unable to play. All righty. Um... Yeah, God, Capella looks so good on DK at 8,300. That was a really nice price tag for what he's been doing. High usage, monster rebound rate, and uh, there's not really like a center on Minnesota, so that's pretty interesting to me. Speaking of Minnesota, um, D'Angelo, Russell, and nothing else? Uh, let's see. I got some exposure again to uh, Jared Vanderbilt in my in my initial lineups, and 
I don't really know what to make of his minutes either. I know I said that a lot in the early, early days, but so starting now for Minnesota, the last two games, first start Vanderbilt got against the Hawks with so same team. He ended up playing 29 minutes in that game, uh, put up a pretty good box score, scored over 30 fantasy points, followed that up a game against the magic. He only played 18 minutes. So this is a, this is now a front court situation. I've, I've no clue what the minutes are going to look like for, for Vanderbilt. I think for his price point, he's viable and he's going to be in my player pool. I just kind of split the difference and gave him minutes in between what he got the last couple of games. But I think there's a pretty wide range of outcome of this playing time. And at his price, that at least makes him somewhat intriguing to me in GPPs because he has the upside to play around 30 minutes. Yeah, I I don't know. I feel like I like Nas Reed more than I like Vanderbilt, but I'm not really sure that I like either one of them. I don't really trust them. I don't really like anything here coming out of Minnesota. I should because the Atlanta defense isn't very good, but it's just a lot of guys playing like 28 minutes to 32 minutes at inefficient scoring. I've expected more out of Russell. Well, I wanted more out of Russell, but he's playing like D'Angelo Russell. Surprise, surprise. Uh, this is a game on the Minnesota side that I just don't really like. Favorite play on FanDuel, favorite play on DraftKings? Uh, favorite play on FanDuel, uh, John Collins. Favorite play on DraftKings, Clint Capella. FanDuel, my answer is Trey Young. DraftKings, Clint Capella. Four more to go. We've got about 10 minutes to do it, which is I'm going to be perfectly honest with you, feeling like a bit of a problem. <laughs> so final thing that I need to touch on, promo code Connor, C-O-N-O-R. If you want to sign up for our MMA weekly pass, this is going to be good until Saturday. If you want to get our MMA stuff heading into the pay-per-view this week, Connor McGregor is back. Use that promo code C-O-N-O-R, $2.57 for an MMA weekly pass. Um, you can get access to the top fighters tool, our UFC pro plays where some of the other MMA content creators all uh, give their rankings from top to bottom for the card. We average them all together. So you guys can see it. That's part of the stuff that you would get with this package. So use that promo code again, awesome.com slash join. Use the promo code Connor C O N O R. All right, here we go. I can stop opening up the run sheet now and just let it rip Dallas at San Antonio Dallas three-point favorites in San Antonio, 222 total. On the Dallas side, all the guys that have been out are still out. So no DFS, no Maxi, um, no Josh Richardson, and no somebody else that I can't remember off the top of my head. Who's the fourth guy? Did you say Dwight Powell? Nope. So Dwight Powell would be the answer. So 11K on FanDuel, 10-9 on DraftKings. Very happy to get to Luka Doncic. Happy to get to Chris Tapps Porzingis, 8,400 and 8,100. I think Tim Hardaway and Jalen Brunson, both very much in play, and that's about it. So I really do like all four of those guys, some more owned than others, but uh, that would be my core coming out of Dallas. What are you doing with the Mavs? Uh, so on FanDuel, I like Jalen Brunson a whole bunch. He is still priced at 3,900. He started the last two games, and... Uh, first game, 27 minutes, kind of mediocre results. Been last game, 34 minutes. That's a whole lot of playing time for somebody who's only at 3,900. 4,700 on DraftKings makes him not quite as appealing of a play, but still somebody I'm going to be getting to and got to in my initial builds. Uh, but Jalen Brunson actually is going to end up being one of the guys I roster the most on FanDuel. Right now, he's my favorite point guard option. Really? I mean, he's 29% owned and he's 3,900. I get it. I wouldn't have expected you to say favorite point guard, though. But let me see if I have an alternative that I think is bad. No, I get it. Yeah. Um, 
He's my second favorite. I didn't realize that it was that high. It's just a lot of guys in a similar range. De'Aaron Fox, Ben Simmons, Luca, um, looking all similar up and down the salary tier. So no complaints there. 3,900, way too cheap. 4,700 on DraftKings. What a comical price. So, um, and, and by the way, Luca is going to be my, at least for now, Luca is my favorite payup option on DraftKings. So, um, and the Spurs side of the game, just in the interest of time, I don't really like a lot of guys from San Antonio. So to answer your nope. next question, uh, my favorite play on FanDuel is Jalen Brunson. My favorite play on DraftKings is Luka Doncic. My favorite play on both sites is Luka Doncic, but Jalen Brunson is just barely behind Luka on FanDuel. I really like both of them. And for the people that are going to ask that question, yes, you could play Luka Doncic and Jalen Brunson together. Again, Jalen Brunson is 3,900. Uh, it stops mattering at that point. Yeah, on the San Antonio side, I don't have anybody that is more than 7% likely to be in the optimal. So I think that we can just skip those dudes. They're going to need an injury or somebody to be out to really be interesting. Oklahoma City at the Los Angeles Clippers, 13-point favorites, 220 total. This one's real rough. Um, do you like anyone on Oklahoma City other than Shea Gilgis-Alexander? Uh, Isaiah Roby, I, I think, is still in play. Uh, I, I think that even if this game was to be a blowout, it wouldn't impact him all that much. Al Horford's still away from the team. Isaiah Roby's produced good fantasy results as a starter. So Roby in play for me, SGA, I roster SGA every single slate so far this year. His price never really moves. He's been not necessarily crushing at his price point, but he's had some big games and he's generally right around hitting value at a bare minimum every game. He's been pretty consistent. So SGA is still somebody who I think is a little bit underpriced, just given what his role is in the Oklahoma City uh, offense. So SGA in play for me and Isaiah Roby as well. Uh, I like both of those guys for FanDuel. I think Darius Baisley looks pretty good on DraftKings, 4,900, picking up a little bit of ownership, but that is a place that you guys should still be looking. On the Clippers side, Paul George projected for 19% ownership on FanDuel. The next highest number on either site is 8% for Kawhi Leonard, which I guess I agree with. Um, it's pretty much just Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and nothing else. Yeah, so the how much I like Kawhi Leonard is actually going to – I mean, how much I like uh, Paul George is going to oddly depend on if Kevin Durant is in or out because if Durant is out, then I think where I'm going to be looking to spend up the most to shooting guard is going to be going to James Harden on FanDuel. So how much I'm going to get to George is just going to depend how viable James Harden is. That makes a ton of sense. I still don't know why he's only 8,700. He feels like he should be a couple hundred dollars more expensive, but that would be the only spot that I would really get to with any sort of volume coming from the Clippers. So favorite play, FanDuel, DK. Uh, favorite play on FanDuel and DK is actually going to be Isaiah Roby for both sites. Shea Gilgis-Alexander on FanDuel, Darius Baisley on DraftKings. That's when you get the good stuff. When you and I are just full on different. I like it. Two to go, seven minutes to go. Looks like we're going to get this one done. Man, we are really good at our jobs. Denver Nuggets at the Phoenix Suns. Suns slight favorites, 218 total. Uh, Denver, Michael Porter Jr. is questionable. He's available to play. We just don't really know where he's at from a conditioning standpoint. Uh, that is a bit of a wrinkle. And right now, if I put him in, the only guy that I'm really interested in is Jamal Murray on FanDuel. It, Jokic looks fine, but there's so many potential centers to roster. There's so much center value out there that um, not like paying up for Jokic just seems like a really difficult ask. So I'll get Jamal Murray on FanDuel. I'll get Jamal Murray on DraftKings. I don't think that I'll get another nugget. They're my least favorite team of the day. Yeah, I mean, especially if Michael Porter Jr. is back. I have him in right now, and that gave me 0% exposure to every Denver player on both FanDuel and DraftKings in the lineups I ran. Uh, 
The issue with uh, Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic, if Porter is back, and we also have to see if he's any kind of restrictions or anything, Porter is a fairly high usage player, and that's going to take away from Jokic and Jamal Murray their shot attempts, their looks. Jokic is absolutely crushed in the time that Porter's been out, and that's going to probably get dialed back a little bit if Porter's back in the lineup. And then we also have to consider, like I said, all the other center options on the slate. FanDuel, he's not somebody I'm considering because DeMarcus Cousins in all my lineups on DraftKings. I'd rather pay up for some other guys. I'd rather roster Luka Doncic from paying all the way up and at a different position. So it doesn't look like I'm going to be getting to anybody from Denver today. Yeah, you. they have 6.7% sum of ownership on FanDuel, 8.8 on DK. Oof, not good. On the Phoenix side, really difficult to like anything here either. Um, highest owned guy is 8.7% on Chris Paul on FanDuel at 6,900. I don't have anybody north of 74 percent so i don't really have a single recommendation coming from the suns yeah and the other thing about this game too fairly low total uh i mean 219 is at least by today's standards kind of lower than we usually see for games and we still the issue with with devin booker and chris paul both on the same team it has really killed both of their fantasy productions this year we've we've seen i can't remember a single game that devin booker was even close to being on the optimal lineup this year and Chris Paul has been a little bit more viable from a DFS standpoint, just because he's cheaper. Uh, I, I do have in some lineups on FanDuel, uh, but the rest of this team, not anybody that I'm, that I'm getting to. Uh, DeAndre Ayton's price has been nerfed a little bit on FanDuel, except still it doesn't make him somebody that I want to roster with this particular slate setup. So Chris Paul on FanDuel is, is really the only guy I'm getting to right now. 26th in pace for the Nuggets, 28th for the Suns in my pace metrics. Uh, this is the slowest game of the day um it's a full avoid for me so i'm sure it'll go to like four overtimes uh <laughs> fandle and DraftKings picks did you just give them to me or no uh kind of uh, chris paul on fandle and it's gonna be nobody on DraftKings. chris uh jamal murray on both for me um okay but it's close um and no part of that is exciting either way just don't play anybody here final game 10 52 we're gonna get out of here right on the number nick's at Sacramento Kings, slight favorites at home, 219 total on the New York side. Uh, Alec Burks ended up playing 30 minutes last night. Didn't see that one coming. Wasn't all that exciting for me to see. Don't know if he would have played those 30 minutes if the game wasn't looking the way that it did, but who knows? He played like the entire fourth quarter. Happy to still get to uh, Julius Randle. Dude just does everything on the floor for many, many minutes while he's out there. RJ Barrett for 6,800 on DraftKings looks fine, but I don't really like the Knicks all that much. What are you doing with New York? So mixed feelings here. Number one, as just a general standpoint, the Knicks have to be a team that's just going to get crushed against the spread on the tail end of back-to-backs in the Tom Thibodeau era, just in general. Because it, how, how can you have a team where you're playing everybody regularly like 40 minutes and then you just play again the next day and there's no ill effects? But with that said, the Kings have been the best team to go against from a fantasy standpoint this year. The Kings defense is no good. They played a ridiculously fast pace. So I don't want to get no exposure to the Knicks. Uh, I think that Julius Randle is the guy who makes the most sense. Alfred Payton on FanDuel, somebody who was okay last night. Uh, the playing time for him was 37 minutes. Uh, I would have expected him to have a bigger fantasy game than he did in 37 minutes. Was still fine on FanDuel last night because, in general, the point guards all sucked. So uh, for his price point, he was fine and hasn't moved at all. So game against the Kings, I'm, I'm looking to get back to Alfred Payton at his price point, 5,300. Something else here that was notable about last night, with Alec Burks coming back and playing extended minutes, uh, the guy who really got squeezed was Emmanuel Quickly. I thought that 
I thought that it was potentially going to be Peyton whose minutes got squeezed, but they were, but Thibodeau was fine with just not playing quickly a whole bunch. Yeah, uh, that one was rough. I actually watched the first half of this game. Um, Peyton just looked really good in the first quarter, and I think they wanted to go with that, and they were up to close however they wanted to. So I gave Peyton 29 minutes quickly, 19. I'm still try- kind of muted on Burks, especially coming off the back-to-back, but I'm guessing Tibbs doesn't even care. Anyway, uh, favorite plays from Sacramento. Go. Uh, Marvin Bagley on DraftKings, uh, but overall not a team that I love a whole bunch. De'Aaron Fox on FanDuel, 7,800, my favorite play from Sacramento. Um, Keep your eye on uh, Whiteside. If he is in, that probably mutes Bagley a little bit. I think that he could lose a couple additional minutes. But right now with uh, Hassan Whiteside out, Bagley's been playing 30 minutes a game. Favorite play on FanDuel, favorite play on DraftKings? Uh, It's going to be Randall for me on both sides. It's it's hard to get away from just the fact that he's been ridiculously good from a points-per-minute perspective, and he plays like 40 minutes and a favorable matchup against the Kings. Aaron Fox on FanDuel, Rashawn Holmes on DraftKings, slightly nudging out RJ Barrett. They're basically tied. And we just finished 11 games in 55 minutes. It's 10.55 right now. I hit my mark on the dot. Greg, any final thoughts on this slate before we get out of here? Uh, no, just uh, follow Awesome NBA on Twitter because there's going to be a whole bunch of injury news today. 11 games, we already have a bunch of guys questionable. So you want to be up to date on all the latest ongoings. There we go, guys. Thank you for joining us. Thank you to No House Advantage for being the presenting sponsor of this show, NFL Strategy Show, Lineup Building Edition. Coming up next, Lafay, Alex, Steve Buzzard, breaking it all down for this weekend. Tons of shows to come. Watch the Deeper Dive. Watch NBA Live Before Lock. Watch it all. Watch the NHL Strategy Show. Give a shout-out to Jake Hari. Do everything awesome related We love you guys. Good luck tonight. Have a good weekend. We're out of here. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.